0: Welcome to Denver Sports Tonight, taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. Denversports.com. And it is Denver Sports Tonight on this Wednesday
1: night in the Mile High City. He's James Merrill. I'm Will Peterson. Rolling with you for the next hour. How you doing tonight, James?
0: I am great, Will. How are you?
1: I am great, man. It was a fun day. Um, first of all, getting to watch a little day baseball. Because it just feels like those days where you can kind of get some work done and kind of have the game on the background. That's like when you were a little kid getting to stay home sick from school. There's something There's something that feels a little ho- hooky-ish about that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, I'm guessing we're going to have a little bit of that coming up here in the next couple of weeks, right, with the World Cup starting tomorrow. Does that start tomorrow? It does. Wow. The the U.S. team plays Friday, I believe, at 7 o'clock at night. Now, it's in New Zealand, so I have no idea how the time change is going to work.
1: Oh, but that means we'll get, like, 9 a.m. games. It'll be perfect.
0: I hope so, yeah. 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 You remember when it was in, what was it, in Brazil um, a couple of World Cups ago, and it was on all day during the day? It was like, this is fantastic. So, you know, especially this time of year, you know, kind of the lull, that'll be great. So I'm with you. I love I love middle-of-the-day, weekday sports. It's fantastic.
1: Well, there's a reason the most popular tournament in the country is also the two least productive days for the U.S. economy. I'm, of course, talking about March Madness because yeah, it's that exactly. same that same feeling like, well, we got you know Drake and Creighton playing at noon. How the heck am I supposed to get any work done today?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's on True TV. I got to figure out where that channel is and hop on it. Yeah, exactly. So it, it'll be the same kind of thing. Um, you know, a little excuse to play hooky. We all have slightly different work schedules than we used to be used to have, so we can kind of squeeze in there a little bit. Maybe even go down to a local establishment and catch it on the TV with some of your uh, fellow citizens. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun when that all gets rolling. Yeah, and if
1: anyone in your company gets mad at you, just say it's patriotism, right? Like, exactly. oh, you, you don't want me to go support America in the World Cup? Okay, I
0: guess you're, uh, yeah, you're anti-American. I'll okay, go sit boss. in my
1: cubicle then. That's fine. <laughs> All right, well, we've laid the groundwork for your excuses. Now that I know that the World Cup starts tomorrow, I will be tuning in. I do want to get your thoughts, though, James, on, to me, sort of the story of the day. Because once a year, ESPN comes out with these future power rankings. And any Joe Schmo can put together a power ranking for, here's where every team stands entering the, the 2023 NFL season. But they do a panel they have different analytics involved. It's a whole complicated formula to sort of spit out a score for each team and then rank where everyone checks in. James, this is the old John Elway. We want to win from now and now on. These power rankings are the now, but they're also the now on. So it gives you a peek behind the curtain of, yeah, we're all focused on the Raiders in week one, but what's our mindset going to be in the middle of 2025? That's how far out these goes. I I, I always think these – these sort of advanced, how well your franchise is set up, I definitely think they catch my attention much more than your standard traditional power ranking.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And you would think they would be a little bit more accurate because they take kind of a big picture thing, right, versus a, hey, who's, you know, especially during the season when somebody just gets hot because they've got that stretch of the schedule where they play Carolina, Atlanta, and Arizona, and all of a sudden they go shooting up the power ranking. So, yeah, I'm with you. It is It is kind of a fascinating look. Um, I know you wrote about it today. I read the article. There's the five different factors that go into it. Some of it I agree with, and some of it I'm uh, I'm not too happy with.
1: All right, well, let's go through these five different categories that ESPN ranked each team 1 through 32 on, okay? Yep. So it's the overall roster minus the quarterback.
0: Okay. The quarterback. So the other 52.
1: Correct. The quarterback gets his own category, which totally makes sense. The coach gets his own category, which makes sense. Yep. Yep. The draft, and that is sort of where they've done well recently. Where they're going, and then the fifth category is is certainly part of that, but also factors in free agency, and that's the front office. Yeah. So again, the five five categories are the overall roster minus the QB, the quarterback, the coaching staff, the draft, and the front office.
0: Does front office include ownership at all?
1: You know, they didn't specify that one way or another. To me, though, so many owners in the NFL meddle in the day-to-day business. I kind of think it has to. That's not to say Greg Penner is meddling. We don't truly know Greg Penner's style yet. But there are a lot of owners around the league that we know have their fingerprints on their teams.
0: Well, in in Lewis Riddick's comment uh, about the front office, he said, you know, I give the organization credit for quickly recognizing that Nathaniel Hackett wasn't the answer last year. That wasn't just George Payton. I don't know that it was George Payton at all. I think it was Greg Penner and company. So that leads me to believe that ownership is included in that, which makes that one of the two categories I have an issue with. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that because Greg Penner, Nathaniel Hackett ruined Greg Penner's Christmas. And that's why Nathaniel Hackett got fired on December twenty sixth and not yeah. at the end of the year.
0: Because yeah. no, Greg, I mean, you, you, like any business owner, if your employee ruins your Christmas, they're gone.
1: They're gone. And I yeah. think that's when Greg Penner was patient, patient, patient. We saw the interview in London of, "Ah, oh, we got to be better, yada, yada, yada. And then even he knew, hey, I'm pretty new to this. I've only been on the job for officially like six months, but I got to fire this guy because he's an incompetent head coach. And I was going to use a stronger word, but I'll stick with incompetent.
0: Yeah, and just to some extent, you know, we've, we've heard the rumors of what was going on on Christmas Eve in L.A., and it's it not only incompetent, but starts to border on unprofessional. Correct. Of, listen, I get it. You're, your season's over. You're not playing for anything, but you're on national TV on Christmas Day. Let's make sure we're all ready to go.
1: And they and were not ready not, to go. That was the ugliest game of the year by a mile. So
0: It's one of the uglier Broncos games ever. It's right there with the game against the Eagles when VJ was the coach and they gave up a 50-burger. It's right there with the game against the Raiders with McDaniels when they lost at home. Jeez, what was that game like? Fifty-nine to fourteen, and Darren McFadden had like six touchdowns. Yep. I mean, it's it's in that conversation where we'll be citing it. You know, off the top of our head, fifty-one to fourteen, Christmas Day against the uh, against the Rams. We'll be citing that for for years to come.
1: All right. So let's. Do you want? Let, let me ask you this. Do you want the overall ranking first for the Broncos, or do you want us to get in the nitty gritty and tell everyone where it all evened out?
0: Let's have the overall ranking, and then we'll explain how they got there.
1: The overall ranking for the Denver Broncos for the next three years—they were scored a seventy-seven point nine. This was done on a you know a very standard grading school score in school. Ninety to one hundred is an A, eighty to nineties a B, you know seventy to eighties a C, et cetera. So they're seventy-seven point nine, which is a C C+. Check them in at nineteenth in the NFL for the next three years. Kind of purgatory in the league, not close enough to sniff the playoffs. Not the bottom of the barrel where you're thinking they're bottom bottom bottoming out for Caleb Williams or Drake May next year.
0: Yeah, in a C plus and 19. Look, 14 teams make the playoffs every year, so I would guess that's you know you're flirting with a, a, a playoff spot one of those years. Maybe you get a seven seed, right? But typically you're on the outside looking in. Correct. It's a seven and ten team. Correct. But they. Had that's, a, how, that's how I read number nineteen. I'm like, yeah, and you know, so maybe you're nine and eight one year, and you get in. And you're seven and ten one year, and you're five and twelve the other, and it averages out to seven and ten. It's not a. It's not a very promising outlook for the next three years.
1: I will tell you this though, they had twelve AFC teams in front of them, so
0: that's, that's a problem.
1: It is stacked heavily towards. I mean, we all know the AFC is the stronger conference right now. Just look at the quarterbacks, but. When you're 19th in the league, you can say, "Oh, well, 14 teams make the playoffs. That's not that far away." Well, and you got 12 AFC teams ahead of you. That's a huge hill to climb to get back to the postseason.
0: Which I think that's probably a a bit much. But I mean, Kansas City should be ahead of him. Probably the Chargers should be ahead of him. But James, it's it's Kansas City. It's
1: Cincy. It's Baltimore. It's Buffalo. It's Pittsburgh. It's Baltimore Jacksonville.
0: I mean, really, come on. Kenny. Pick- I, my, I love Mike Tomlin. He's my favorite coach in the NFL, maybe my favorite coach in all of sports. But other than Mike Tomlin, that organization set up really well for the next three years with Kenny Pickett?
1: I mean, James, Baltimore is fourth on this list, and the Steelers are seventh. So they're not even in the oh. same stratosphere as the Broncos. I, I mean,
0: that's 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 laughable. I, and I like Lamar Jackson a lot. But would it shock you if Lamar Jackson all of a sudden just went off, off a cliff? It wouldn't shock me at all. John Harbaugh's a great coach. So, uh, obviously, they get plenty of bonus points for that, and those are good organizations and they're traditional winners. But I don't think Pittsburgh set up, other than just, hey, they're always pretty good. Okay, fine, but uh, other than Mike Tomlin, what about that team excites you? Well,
1: Pittsburgh was top ten in four of the five categories, James. Overall roster, they were ninth. Coaching, they were third. Drafting, they were ninth. And front office, they were seventh. So that's how that gets you to the seventh most hopeful future uh, okay. in the NFL. All Again, right.
0: so we're not talking about of,
1: tomorrow. We're not talking about a lot tomorrow. Of
0: points for stability. Okay. Okay. Which is something to be said for it. But I, I don't buy those two teams. I'll buy Cincy, Buffalo, Chief, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. Uh, that's that's fine.
1: Well, what about the Jaguars? That's another team in front of them in eh, the AFC. What about the Dolphins? Good
0: six week run. What they about, about the, the six Dolphins? Week run. Let's see.
1: What about the Chargers? I mean, I the, the list goes on and on. What about the Jets? What about the Patriots? The these, Jets. The Browns. Jets. What about the Browns? All these teams are in front of the Broncos. The James. Browns are ahead of the Broncos? Yes, they are. They are 17th.
0: Oh gosh. The Jets ahead of the Broncos is a joke. The Browns ahead of the Broncos is a joke. I mean, come on. That's a that's a team that's just going places? With, with, with that quarterback, Deshaun Watson, did he show you anything last year that suggested that guy is ready to resume being an elite quarterback? He looks like he forgot how to play. And every time he walks into a stadium, even at home, he's going to hear all sorts of things, as he should. Kevin Stefanski? I mean, okay, all right. I mean, I just i am not buying that one at all. Look, Jacksonville, you can make an argument. And and they, they, you know, had the big comeback against the Chargers. They gave the Chiefs a really good game in the postseason. Uh, Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a very promising quarterback. But that's a team that lost to the Broncos in London last year and then got hot down the stretch playing a relatively easy schedule because they play in the AFC South, who I think Ohio State could win that division.
1: Come on. Man, I am glad you came to the show with your orange and blue colored glasses tonight.
0: Hey, if you get two games against Houston, Indian, Tennessee, there's five and one right out of the gate. You roll out of bed and win five of those six. James,
1: Jacksonville's a fringe Super Bowl contender this year. Oh, my year. gosh. And you're sitting here okay. saying, oh, you can make a case for that. It is a no-brainer that in future power rankings, they have Trevor Lawrence. They are set up to be very good for the next decade.
0: Do you want to bet the next three years they make the playoffs all three years? Because I'll say no. And He's that's a, in a that's in a dog crap division that they should be able to they should be able to make the playoffs winning nine games every year. Hey,
1: it's tough to make the playoffs three years in a row in the NFL unless you unless you have a Mahomes well, or a Burrow.
0: Cincinnati will, Kansas City will. Well, that's why and I just
1: this. said unless you have a Mahomes or a Burrow. But if Lawrence is going to enter that category, then sure, I'll take that bet.
0: Okay, but this is a three year power ranking, right? Correct. So if, if you're going to be in the top ten, hey, let's just go through the AFC teams. We we think that we'd be willing to bet are going to make the playoffs the next three years. Kansas City, sure. Cincinnati, sure. Buffalo, sure. Nobody else. Honestly, you'd probably say Pittsburgh, which is contrasting what I just said, but Mike Tomlin always gets to a winning record, so okay. And I wouldn't bet on him to get there three times out of three. That's it.
1: They have Burrow. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has, what, Tannehill and Malik Willis and Anthony Richardson and... So it's, my it's, guy, it's, D'Amico C.J. Ryan Stroud,
0: Ryan's will get the, the Texans over the Jaguars at some point in the next three years.
1: You're kind of making you're, you're kind of making my case here, uh, accidentally. That yes, I'm, Jacksonville's going to make the playoffs le- next three years, and they deserve to be way ahead in the Broncos in any sort of future power. Okay, case.
0: well, 19 is you know that's fine. Listen, I, I'd rather this team be under the radar. Last year, they were on everybody's radar. They played, like, six of their first nine games on national TV or in the only the only slot, like the London game. Like, great. I'm glad nobody's paying attention to them. Awesome. Sneak up on everybody. But I am curious and fascinated to see how they got to 19. Yeah,
1: real quick. The only AFC teams behind them, you want to know the only ones that they think are worse than the Broncos sitting here today?
0: Let me see if I can guess. Okay. So the 12 are ahead of them, so that means they're the 13th AFC team. So there's three behind them. It's got to be the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The Texans. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And the Colts, the Colts. Colts. Yeah. see, I don't know that I buy that either. I, I know they've got the, you know, young quarterback situation going on and we'll we'll see, but that's a team that 2 years ago will had the most Pro Bowlers in the league. It, now they've had quarterback issues. It feels it like to a Taylor
1: total. It year. feels like a total rebuild in Indy, though. It just <sighs> does.
0: Yeah, I mean because they have the young quarterback, but you put a young quarterback on a roster that two years ago had the most Pro Bowlers in the league. You, you know, you never know. You, you never know. So okay, that's, that's fine. So the Broncos are the you know fourth worst team in the AFC. Okay, sure, I'll buy it. ESPN. All right,
1: you did say we want to get there, and, and we kind of got sidetracked a little, but we are going to get there on how. The Broncos got to this ranking. The overall roster, minus the QB, they were number 16 in the NFL. I actually think that's that's pretty good for Denver, where their roster projects. That that means, you know, not only do you believe in obviously the Pats or Tans of the second of the worlds, but you believe in the Jerry Judys of the world being here for a long time, and and maybe even the you know the Damari is the up and coming type guys. Because if you project the next three years, they have middle-of-the-road roster minus the QB, then you're saying, again, with guys like Javante Williams and hopefully Justin Simmons plays his whole career here, there is some talent at other spots on this roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty fair. I think they have a handful of guys who would start on any team in the league. Right? Pat Sertan would. Justin Simmons would. They got some guys who would start on most teams. Garrett Bowles would start at left tackle for most teams. Um, Javante, when he's healthy, Jerry Judy, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I'm would. i I'm honestly fine with 16, because especially once you go beyond their starting 22, look, if the Broncos have significant injuries this year, they're going to be in trouble. Right. Um, they don't have a ton of depth. So, okay, I, I, I can buy that. I'm not mad about that one yet.
1: Well, and you, you didn't even mention the free agents, which I failed to mention too, but the McGlinchey, he should be here the next three years. Ben yeah. Powers, he should be here the next three years. They Zach Allen, most teams. he should be here the next three years. So it's like... We sort of have in our head the, the Simmons, the Sertans, the Judies. I'm guilty of that too. But they added three premier free agents, at least on paper, this offseason.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I've long made the contention that you know the bottom 43, 44 guys on every roster in the league are all kind of the same. They're all kind of interchangeable, and the turnover on rosters everywhere kind of makes that point. It's really about those top 10 guys, and who are those? Who are the 10 highest paid guys? And that's where you're looking at. Sertan and Bowles and Cortland and, you know, McGlinchey and Powers and, and those kind of guys. So they have to have good years. They, they really do, and that, that that goes across the board, right? Like, if you look at the Chiefs roster, it's, you know, it's Kelsey and Mahomes and it's all those guys, and they have great years year after year. So the people you invest in, the top of your roster, the top of your roster has to be better than the other teams, the top of the roster, that's where the difference is made.
1: Quarterback, they check in at number 21 in the NFL for the next three years, I think that's a fair ranking uh, because you could put them, I mean, if Russ doesn't work, James, you could put them at 30, 31 or 32. Okay, um, so maybe only Arizona with a worse QB situation in the NFL. I guess maybe Washington too, but you could put them in the 30s if Russ doesn't work, so you're giving them a nine-spot bump in the in the off chance that Russ bounces back this year.
0: Well, in the off chance? That's making it sound like it's a, it's a long shot that he bounces back I think it's a long shot that he doesn't, and that that's fine. I mean, look, he had a terrible year last year, and we've we've gone round and round on why that it, it was the case, and we're all fixing to find out if it was Nathaniel Hackett, which is what I say, or if Russ is cooked, which is what a lot of people say. I, I, I just I think that it's a, it, he was in a terrible situation. He wasn't ready to go. He made a bad decision to try to go to get bigger and be a pocket passer, and he's moved on from that bad idea. So. Look, there, there's your there's your way to move up real quick. Is if, if Russell Wilson plays like a top ten quarterback again, all of a sudden you're a uh, you're in that group that should be making the playoffs each of the next three years. So that's fine at 21. I mean, who who are some of the quarterbacks they have ahead of them? Is it is it Kenny Pickett and is it? some of these guys that are on these AFC teams that are ranked ahead of the Broncos? Because I'll just laugh at that.
1: I mean, you would have to give me a, a few to research it just because this is such a long article. But just to answer your first question, Kenny Pickett is in the Steelers checking at number 22. It's their lowest ranking. So okay.
0: so he's, he's right behind Russ.
1: Yes, they have. Right.
0: I, I mean, if you don't think Russell Wilson's going to have a better year than Kenny Pickett, okay. I, I just, I'm not buying that. 21 and 22, that's saying they're basically the same guy. I think that's pretty laughable. Well,
1: Kenny Pickett was a top five quarterback in QBR the last five weeks of the season last year.
0: Great. He had a good five week run. Awesome. I mean okay. And hence, who, hence who the optimism would you in have? Pittsburgh because who would you they did have opening opening day this week. Russell Wilson or Kenny Pickett.
1: Well, James, they did that whole worthless Mitch Trubisky thing. They finally turned to the kid, and he showed him the last five weeks of the season that he had a lot of promise. So we've seen that movie before where where teams finally give the younger guy a chance and the the late last quarter of the season, and then they they turn into a superstar.
0: If you made me pick a quarterback for the next three years, not the next 10, the next three, I would take Russell Wilson in a heartbeat over Kenny Pickett.
1: Oh, I would take Kenny Pickett in a heartbeat. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. I mean, I'm going to go off 10 years, and you're going to go off five games. Okay. That that seems wise. That's not a little recency bias coming in there, Will.
1: Uh, I'm going to go off when QBs fall off a cliff in the NFL, they fall off a cliff.
0: Okay. All right. Um, He he, he was part of the most dysfunctional organization in the league last year, but I guess he was supposed to shine, throwing the ball to Kendall Hinton, Brandon Johnson, and – I can never remember Swain's first name. That's how memorable he was, Freddie Swain. Freddie and Swain. What remember, was remember that game when the, that was his trio? What, and they just kept going three wide. That was that was just some coaching brilliance. What
1: percentage of the dysfunction was Russ? Because he has to take at least a third of the blame, in my opinion, with I, the whole office thing and the whole staff sure. and yeah, the yeah. whole we have free run of this place because I'm Russell Wilson and I'm more famous than you. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A third of it, and all those things that that led to him getting a third of it are gone now. No more office. No more too heavy and out of shape. No more it's all about Russ. All those things are gone. Well, so the, the, the entourage
1: was still there at Boulder two days ago, so the entourage is still there, so it's that's not all gone. It's the same gone.
0: entourage that Patrick Mahomes has and Kirk Cousins has and every quarterback has. Every quarterback has that. Every single quarterback that, that's worth a hoot has that. Joe Burrow has that. Justin Herbert has that.
1: Well Bill, uh, just, Bill Belichick kicked Tom Brady's entourage out of the building. Yeah, that's so,
0: smart. So that it does smart. it
1: does wear thin on on even the best coach in NFL history.
0: Bill Belichick's currently deciding between Mac Jones and Braley Zappi. So yeah, I bet he's glad he kicked uh, Guerrero and Brady down the road. That worked out well.
1: <laughs> Bailey's happy. Bailey.
0: Bailey. See, okay. There you go. That's where that's where Bills put himself.
1: Uh, the coach. They have the Broncos with the sixth best coach in the NFL for the next three years. I,
0: I think, think that's that fair. A little. It's a little. Positive, but okay, I'll take
1: it. I mean, that's that's we're assuming Sean Payton and coaches at least three years of his deal. So they're basically saying they've got the six best coaching situation with Sean Payton the next three years.
0: I think he's a top ten coach. Well, let's see if he's six. But uh, that'd be great if he is. But uh, I I think that maybe is even a little high. So okay, the first two made me mad, but the uh, the second one made me mad. That one okay, we'll we'll take that. That's great. That's great news.
1: Um, at draft they have him at number thirty one. I think part of this, James is they haven't had a first-round pick since Pat Sertan. So yeah, I
0: mean, it's, it's they, a little bit hard to assess.
1: But but you're second-to-last in the league because your last two first-round picks, the, the Seahawks got to make the trade because you gave those up for Russell Wilson. So, I mean, number 31 in draft in the NFL, yeah, because we just don't have a ton of first-round picks to grade on this team.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's very difficult to assess it. Um, you know, so that's a score that brings them way, way down. But it's a little bit like... You know, the college football recruiting rankings, and it's skewed. It used to be skewed based on, well, this school had 21 scholarships to give out, and this one only had 12. It's like, well, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges here a little bit. It's a little hard to grade the Broncos drafts, but let's be honest, they haven't been spectacular in the last couple of years. I mean, Nick Benito was their first pick last year in the second round. What will he turn into you know, the, they, they traded the one of the picks they got in the Vaughn Miller deal, turned out to be Luke Wattenberg. He was a disaster when he was in there. So we'll see. We'll see. Greg Dulcich looks like a pretty good player, though. Like, he could be a, 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 a weapon at tight end. So I, do I think the Broncos drafts have been great? No. Do I think they've been the second worst in the league? Ah, it seems a little unfair, but okay. I mean, they, they, they kind of have been fighting that battle with one or two hands tied behind their back. I
1: mean, we'll do the rookies next next segment, James, but let's leave them out of it. Out of the last three drafts, how many players are there to be excited about? I think there's three, right? There's Sertan, Williams, and Dulcich? I mean, in theory, you should have taken between 20 and 25 guys, and we're excited about three of them?
0: Yeah, that's, I may that's be, a very good average.
1: Yeah, I may be missing a name or two, but top of my head, those are sort of the three that, that you hear, hey, we're excited about Sertan and Dulcich. And Williams, I mean, sure, if Damari Mathis gets a chance as the number 2 corner, could he be on that list a year from now? Yeah, but he, you and I aren't sitting here today going, oh, man, they are set at corner because Damari Mathis is here.
0: No, you, you're right. You're right. There aren't a ton of guys. And, you know, we shall see if this year's draft class is better. Um, but, I, look, I, I don't think the draft should have been a really high score. I don't. When you're the second-to-worst team in the league at it, though, that does raise my eyebrows a little bit of like, wow, is that fair? But – We'll see. We'll see. So, okay, I'm not going to quibble with that one too much. The next one I have an issue with.
1: But that's the absence of picks that the front office, George Payton, created that absence of picks with his trade. Um, And the front office comes in at number 26 in the NFL. And to me, when I think front office, I think GM. George Payton is clearly a bottom-quarter GM in the NFL, if not even lower. So I would have put them at, like, number 29 or number 30 in front office.
0: It's funny. that Wasn't it, like, a year and a half ago he was winning the award as the best GM in the league at the Combine?
1: I think he won it for best draft. I don't think it was for best overall GM.
0: Best draft, and now they're 31. So best draft two years ago, he's now 31st. And part of the 26th-ranked front office, which, look, it, it, his, his legacy, his career, his time in Denver, his ability to get another job, it's all dependent on Russell Wilson, right? If Russell Wilson's terrible this year and they have to move on from that contract before it even starts and they eat 80-some million dollars in dead cap, whether it's in one season or over two, he's never going to be a GM again. Never. And it sets his franchise back. Five years. I, I mean, that will be the worst trade in the history of the league. The Herschel Walker trade will look like a, a, a steal compared to that one.
1: Oh, yeah. George Payton would be a worse GM than Jeff Braddich. Let's make that – he would be the yeah. worst GM in the history of Denver sports.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, that, it, w- it would be an unmitigated disaster, and that's not hyperbole. I don't think that's going to happen. I also think when I, when I I when I go front office, I think you have to include what they do in free agency, which I think they did really well. Part of that stems from the fact of, hey – do they have ownership with deep pockets so they can write a lot of big checks and buy their way out of trouble? They do. So I think that's a little unfair because I think you're kind of double-dipping on the rust deal here with no draft picks so their draft is bad and no draft picks so their front office is bad. You're kind of getting double jeopardy here a little bit on, this, on these ESPN ranks. Yeah,
1: but their front office is bad because they made a trade that looks – Looks awful right now, Listen, James. Their it front looks...
0: office is either going to be top ten or it's going to be thirty second. I I don't know that there's a lot of in between. If that if that trade if Russell Wilson plays like he did in in Seattle, let's just I think we can agree that's best case scenario, right? Sure. I, I think all of a sudden with the the Walton Penner family ownership group and the deep pockets and their willingness to spend in free agency, which they proved. I mean, they they were writing checks left and right in free agency. It's a top 10 front office if Russell Wilson plays like he did in Seattle.
1: If, if you want to count ownership, yeah, I'm all in on the Walton Penner family ownership group. I was, they spent the most money by more than $100 million yeah. in free agency. I'm just not convinced if they're going to be at number 26 that they're factoring in the richest owners in the NFL by a mile.
0: Well, that is, So that's a myth on their part. And if, well, then if, maybe they
1: should add a sixth category, ownership.
0: Maybe, they probably should.
1: Maybe that should have been its own category.
0: But if Russell Wilson plays like he did last year, the Broncos have the worst front office in the league. And because Correct. I don't know that the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group can buy their way out of that mistake, given that it is a salary cap sport. And I know you don't believe in the cap, and there are ways to maneuver it, but at some point, you, the bill comes due. You, you do have to count the dollars. At some point, you can't keep kicking the can down the road and hoping that the cap goes up and up and up and up, and you, and you can buy your way out of it. So I think it's going to be one extreme or the other. I think that's a. I think that's a little unfair. So look, it's it's great. Nobody's given the Broncos much credit here, other than Sean Payton, the one guy who's completely unproven as a member of this organization, and they're going to be under the radar. Well, Ross okay. is
1: completely unproven as a member of this organization. Well,
0: who? Like
1: if Russell Wilson is well, completely no, unproven.
0: He's proven as a as a bust. Like everybody else on this, the overall roster, the draft, the front office, and the quarterback has at least done something in a Broncos uniform, even if it was bad. Sean Payton's done nothing as a member of the Broncos organization, and that's the only positive, according to ESPN.
1: Well, he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's, uh, fine. He's, he's going on his past resume, whereas all these guys are going on their current resume, which isn't very good.
0: But if Russell Wilson's a top 10 quarterback, that changes the quarterback number and that changes the front office number significantly, and all of a sudden the Broncos are a top 10 team.
1: I hope that's the way it shakes out. We're up against it. But coming up on the other side, we'll put a bow on this because there's still a little more to unpack. Plus, the rookies. The rookies. They were at Centura Health Training Center today. Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. A lot of people fired up, James. Do you want me to read the nice ones or the mean ones about you? Uh,
0: let's go with the nice ones. Uh, Will is so off base. Put your money where your
1: mouth is. A hundred dollars says Russ finishes as a top ten rated QB this year.
0: That is a uh, that is a smart texter.
1: Not going to bet you, Cal. But I appreciate you chiming in.
0: I, I'm with you, Cal.
1: Um, this this one's good. Three two five one. Hold up, Marilat wants to sell us on Russ and Judy dominance under Rosberg for two games, but Mox Pickett playing well for five weeks, which is more weeks than Russ played well. Moving the goalpost That's from Fred in Jacksonville.
0: No, Fred. So let me try and explain this again. I'm making the point that Nathaniel Hackett was the problem because when they put in Jerry Rosberg, a guy who was sitting on his deck and selling hyperbaric chambers, everybody played better, including the quarterback. That's how bad Nathaniel Hackett was, that JerBear Bear made everybody play better, just imagine what Sean Payton will do. So, no, I'm not saying, hey, look at that two games. That means they're going to be great. But it does show how incompetent Nathaniel Hackett and company were when he was gone. They were better with Jerry Rosberg as the head coach for crying out loud. That's the point.
1: Okay. Uh, I I I think I disagree with what you're saying, but I think your, your argument makes sense. So hopefully Fred gets that as well.
0: Also, real quick, before we get into the rookies, I have a little bit of bad news for you, Will. Oh, uh, what's that? I pulled up the uh, Women's World Cup schedule. Oh. It does start tomorrow. Okay. But tomorrow is 1 a.m. Denver time. That's the opening game, New Zealand and Norway. Then they play at 4 a.m., and then they don't play again until tomorrow night at 8:30 and 11. So these are all, like... Overnight or late night games.
1: Wow. So you're right. That is total other side of the world. Yeah. That it just, it does. It's better when they're in Europe or South America. I I know South America is relatively similar times, but it's better when they're in Europe for us because then the seven o'clock kicks there are like noon kicks here. Whereas New Zealand, we're just basically 12 hours off from them. So our kicks are never really going to line up with that. The
0: other weird part of it is they've clearly manipulated the schedule to make sure the United States play in a good time window in the States Mm because they play at seven o'clock on Friday night. Eastern or or mountain? Mountain time, Denver time. Oh, great. Which which is great, but there aren't any game, no other games unless it's essentially, unless it's the U S are played at that time, which means for the Americans who are over there, they're going to be playing at a weird time of day locally. Oh, which is a little bit troublesome because they're trying to manipulate the TV schedule. So, uh, a little bit of bad news when it comes to the uh, schedule because you know unless you're an insomniac, I don't know that you're going to be catching a lot of Australia and Ireland tonight at uh, 4 a.m.
1: No, I don't. I don't plan on that. But you know, you n- never say never on a Friday night out. You come home <laughs> one o'clock, need a little nightcap. Yeah, yeah. Good
0: point. So you could you know maybe roll in. Let's see. It'd be it'd be Saturday. So Friday night, 1 a.m. A little Zambia, Japan. Heck yeah. And if you're really rolling, you get England and Haiti at 3:30. I mean, I don't
1: know much about Zambia, but I know Japan's always right there, so
0: and then party give me, right give me
1: Japan the minus one and a
0: half, James. Pull an all-nighter, try and go three in a row and get Denmark and China at 6 a.m.? Should be a classic. There you go. All
1: right, we'll keep an eye on the Women's World Cup, obviously rooting for the USA, and we'll be able to watch those games, so that is good news. But I want to talk to you about the rookies, James, because the draft element that the Broncos got a, a really bad grade in, we were just talking about the ESPN— Future power rankings, if you're just tuning in, you can check those out at denversports.com. The Broncos are ranked the 19th best team in the NFL for the next three years. But let's talk about the rookies and sort of the path to how they can make an impact this season. And that's how Andrew Mason framed his column today. Off the top of your head, which rookie, and I'm not saying Mace ranked them this way, but I just want your thoughts. What's rookie is the one where you say, you know what? Come six six months from now, we're going to say he was the Broncos rookie of the year.
0: Drew Sanders. Okay. I don't even think it's close. And, and, you know, I know Mason also wrote a piece today about how inside linebacker may be the Broncos' deepest position. It may be because they got a bunch of fives and sixes there, right? And so, you know, we're in other positions. You know, they got a, a 10 and Pat Sertan and then maybe some threes behind him. I think Drew Sanders has a chance to be – on the field a lot maybe a starter sooner rather than later but kind of that you know swiss army knife that's doing a bunch of different things i'm not gonna say he's micah parsons that would be ridiculous but in terms of how the cowboys and dan quinn used micah parsons and moved him all over the place you could see that from drew sanders of yeah playing a little bit on the inside but also being a pass rusher especially while baron browning is out like I think they are gonna. They can get creative with him, so he's the guy I would look at, and by the end of the year, we're going to say that was their best draft pick.
1: I mean, I hope they do, but, you know, Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton are locked in as starters inside, and Frank Clark and Randy Gregory are kind of locked in as starters on the edge, so it's going to take another injury on top of Browning to get Sanders – consistent playing time more than I don't know 20 to 25 percent of the snaps
0: Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell being locked in as starters is I just don't buy that I think that is a classic example of we see them all the time and we over inflate their value and their quality as a player well
1: Singleton got paid this offseason so they paid him with the intention to start him
0: all right well we'll see
1: We'll and see. Jewel picked off Patrick Mahomes twice last year and is one of the longest tenured Broncos and one of two that Vance Joseph knows from his time here previously, previously, along with Justin Simmons.
0: And if you went and polled the same folks who filled out this ESPN poll that we railed about or I railed about for a half hour, I, I don't think that either one of them makes the top 30 line, inside linebackers in football. They're, they're, they're not Roquan Smith. They just aren't. Um, well, come on top 30 Did, didn't, didn't, didn't
1: singleton strong? like lead the nfl in tackles at one point like last time i checked hey. tackling is a pretty important stat
0: yeah no, nobody makes tackles seven yards downfield quite like alex singleton and nobody just saying sets it, up second and three like alex singleton to not even put him
1: top 30 i mean
0: woo. If, if you want to go back to the the game that just started the derailment last year it was Alex Singleton with a clean shot at Geno Smith in the first quarter of the Monday night opener in Seattle, and he whiffs on it, and Geno steps up and throws a touchdown at 7-0, and Lumen Field is going crazy. I mean, come so on, I come go,
1: on, man. I, you, th- you think their whole season is different if Alex Singleton makes that tackle? They were a crappy football team I with a bad head season, coach.
0: I think the whole season's different if they win that game, but... I just think I can come up with off the top of my head a just a huge blunder from Alex Singleton. What's the Alex Singleton highlight?
1: The first quarter of week one, because Alex Singleton missed a tackle, derailed, derailed the season.
0: That's what it started. That's, that's, that's it crazy,
1: started. James. They yeah. played they yeah, played the, what the, the 17 train goes times off 4 the
0: And you know goes barreling through a town but it was you know miles back on the track that, that that all of a sudden there was somebody left something on the track that caused the problem
1: James they played 57 quarters of football after
0: that I get it I get it I'm just saying fine I I off the top of my head I had an Alex Singleton play that was a huge problem find me the Alex Singleton play yeah boy they would they don't win that game without Alex Singleton <laughs>
1: they I mean, only you, won they only won 5 james so okay. they they beat, they beat the niners okay. 11 to 10 but i'm sure that is, i'm sure yeah
0: that is so many different players were on this team russell wilson at the top of the list we can come up with moments where they shined Right. I can come up with moments where Justin Simmons had a great year. He had six picks. Pat Sertan had a great year. Randy Gregory, despite the fact he missed most of the season, you know, had the the fumble that he caused in Seattle. And, you know, a couple of games early in the year, he's like, man, this guy can really play. Like, we can come up with it with other guys. You can't come up with it, Alex Singleton. But he's locked in, chiseled into the into the stone like it's coming down from Mount Sinai that he's a starter. Didn't he have like like a 20? Didn't
1: he have like a 24 tackle game? I mean, he had an absurd total one game. Absurd. Sure, okay,
0: what was the score of the game?
1: I, I couldn't tell you the game off the top of my head, but I'm saying that you you can play in the NFL if you rack up that many tackles. You just can't. That's a that's a Brian Urlacher type number.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay. The uh, clearly the Eagles missed him.
1: All right, real quick because you are just you are on one tonight, man. I gotta I gotta keep this thing moving. Yeah,
0: 19 tackles in the loss against the Chargers.
1: All right, 19. That's a very very big number. Marvin Mims Jr., Riley Moss, J.L. Skinner, Alex Forsyth, any of those four who's second, I guess, in terms of impact in 23.
0: You know, Marvin Mims maybe is the one I'm most interested in, Will, just because the speed element that we saw out of K.J. Hamler at times, that, boy, that really does add to the offense. You know, he had the big deep ball that helped set up the score that cut it to 25-23 in week four at the Raiders. He had the deep ball in London, that helped him on the game-winning drive. Like man, that does really add an element. I don't think KJ going to be. Uh, I don't think he's going to be on the roster this year. I think injuries have just caught up with him. So Marvin Mims, man, he could play a key role. So that'll be the most interesting. I think Riley Moss, though, has a chance to play the most. Like wide receiver is going to be a tough spot to to crack onto the into the lineup and get on the field. I think Riley Moss would be my uh, my vote. You know, JL Skinner. He's not going to uh, Caden Stearns is ahead of him as a backup, so I, I think that becomes tougher. So I would go Marvin Mims and Riley Moss as my next two guys. Yeah, I'd
1: go. I'd actually go Moss above Mims because sure. of that last point you made, there's just there's a path for Riley Moss to start in Week One. There is no path for Marvin Mims to start in Week Agreed. One. So, I mean,
0: barring just catastrophic injuries, right? But yeah, you could have not a single cornerback get injured, and Riley Moss could start.
1: He like, could just win the job.
0: Yeah, that that could happen. So. I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, you, you, you look at the cornerback position, obviously it's Sertan. Uh, I think Kwan Williams is a very underrated player. I really do. I, I think he's really, really good. But, you know, we'll see about Damari Mathis. So, yeah, Riley Moss could, could step onto the field and see significant playing time.
1: All right, we'll see how it shakes out. Coming up next, Coach Prime needs surgery. The AFL is coming back to Denver. And the Rockies, well, they made more Rockies history today.
0: The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. He's James
1: Merrill I'm Will Peterson putting a bow on this thing. Lots to get to to catch up on everything that happened today. First and foremost, James, Coach Prime confirmed that he will miss Pac-12 Media Day on Friday because he needs two surgeries tomorrow. One for more blood clots and another to help straighten the three remaining toes on his left foot. If you go watch the Instagram video, we saw the toes, the three he has left. He says he doesn't show them off much. Um, you see the image, and wow, you're really thinking of Coach Prime. He is going through a lot. We certainly wish him the best with these two surgeries, and the hope is he'll be back for fall camp. Dion did vow today to run onto the field before CU's first game against TCU.
0: <laughs> that sounds very... Uh, Prime ask, I would not doubt it that uh, that he'll do that. But yeah, nothing but uh, good wishes to him. Blood clots are a scary thing, so yeah, go go get that taken care of, Coach. Uh, somebody else can fill in for you on media day. He will be missed, though. He would have been the star of Pac-12 media day.
1: Yeah, can you imagine the the crowd for Dion versus oh the crowd for the coach from Washington State?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's Lincoln Riley, right from USC. It's Chip Kelly, probably from UCLA, and then Prime. That'd be the three guys everybody wants to talk to.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, we wish Dion the best. Um, you can read about it at denversports.com. Again, two surgeries tomorrow, one for blood clots and one to help straighten uh, those remaining toes on the left foot after having to get two amputated a couple years ago. Next thing I want to hit, did you catch this, that the AFL is officially coming back to Colorado?
0: I did. Arena football. Not the old American football, but arena football.
1: Oh, yeah, should I not be calling it the AFL, I guess?
0: Well, for old people like me, we, we still hearken back to, you know, uh, Joe Namath and the Jets and, you know, the Broncos and the Chiefs and the Colts and, or the Chargers and the Raiders. So, yeah, this AFL means something different to me.
1: But once home to the Denver Dynamite and the Colorado yes. Crush, both who won championships.
0: Yes, Denver you, Dynamite won the first pro sports championship in Denver history. Do you know the year? 89.
1: 87.
0: Oh, darn
1: it. And what about, the, what about the Crush?
0: Ooh, boy. Oh, boy. 03. Oh, 05. Oh, okay. That's within a couple years on each, but dang it. And it'll be fun. I, I I, assume. John Dutton at quarterback.
1: James, I assume those games will be at Ball Arena, but do you think there's a chance they look at other arenas around Denver? Maybe the the one up in Broomfield or Loveland or wherever?
0: Maybe Loveland. I think they're bringing out the old wrecking ball for the one in Broomfield. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's turning into apartment complexes soon um maybe cuz you know what it, it is that they are fun events to go to but are 19,000 people going to show up to watch it uh, i don't think so so that type of venue would be a much better fit
1: it is fun because teams like Austin, Chicago, Orlando, Philly, St. Louis are getting teams but they're also giving teams to Salem, Oregon, and Odessa, Texas. That's uh, fun. Two of the smaller markets, 16 teams. As of now, will play in the AFL starting in April of 2024. The
0: Coliseum would be fun. That's a that's a great old venue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I've watched some, like, high school basketball state championships <laughs> yeah. in there. That thing is... It's awesome. It, that feels like you went in a time machine.
0: Exactly. Uh, exactly. It'd be so much fun. They should do that and sell, like, $3 beers. And before we get out of
1: here, the Rockies lost 4-1 today. James, they got two hit. And they only had one hit going to the ninth inning on an infield single. I mean, they were realistically close to getting no hit by the Houston Astros today. And I believe you have a fun stat on something about the Rockies.
0: I believe it's the 11th time in their history that they've scored one run or less on two hits or less at home. Wow, that
1: just doesn't happen at Coors Field is what you're telling me.
0: No, it's brutal. And you know who's the only pitcher to ever throw a no hitter at Coors Field? Adeo Nomo. There you go. Well done. Well done.
1: Uh, Kyle Freeland almost did it a few years ago, but, I mean, the Rockies have scored, what, two runs in the last 17 innings?
0: Yeah, they put up the three spot in the first inning yesterday and have been just anemic ever since.
1: Everyone says their problems are pitching, but if the bats are going to go that silent two days at 20th and Blake, I think your whole roster is the problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got bad pitching, bad hitting, and and bad manager, but other than that, they're pretty well set. (sighs) Oh, man. It would have been interesting if their one hit today was an (laughs) infield
1: single, but CJ Krohn late home run. That's going to do it for us, for KJ, for James, I'm Will. It's DST on the fan.